We're idiots. Just so you know, if you didn't know before, now you know. <laughs> we're we're idiots. Oh, you didn't know? Bound and now no. It's time to put the little ones off to dreamland and turn your radio's dial to spooky. Bolt the doors, lock your windows, and prepare yourself for mysterious suspense in WTF anime. Hi, it's <laughs> it's me. It's it's Joe, and I have Travis with me. As always, uh, <laughs> I'm loving uh, the Halloween intros. This is good times. Uh... I think we should just roll with it into like, uh, even through like Christmas and everything. It's just always spooky intros from now on. <laughs> Look, people get pissed off enough where like Halloween takes over the entirety of October and half of no- um whatever the month is before that, September. Yeah. Yes, correct. <laughs> I think that might have been the stupidest thing I've ever said on this show. Through the magic of editing, it could go away. <laughs> Nah, it's fine, we'll leave it. Fair enough. But yeah, I, I don't think we should stretch out this this spooky this spooky theme, because this is our last episode of Spoop Spooptober. This Woo! is our Spoopisode. Yes. Uh, you know what? Fair enough. It, it's had its time, and we'll move on. Uh, so... So it's always next year. Yeah, there's always next year. So, uh, this time around, what did we talk about? Or what are we going to talk about? What did we watch? There we go. That's the words I'm trying to say. We watched and we'll talk about episode one, season one, of Tokyo Ghoul. (laughs) Uh, you guys don't know why I'm laughing, but that's because Hulu decided that I should watch season two, episode one, when I clicked on the, the play button. I don't understand why it wanted me to start on season two but it did <laughs> so that's a thing <laughs> hey you you've watched two episodes of this show now. i have <laughs> the opening of both seasons i have watched yep <laughs> so so yeah i guess spoilers um the main character gets white hair yeah that's definitely a thing that happens i don't know how it happens but it is a thing that does happen and like a white Mad Max style eye patch too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that is not the episode we're talking about today. No, we are talking about an episode that starts off how how hmm how how do we want to put this? Um you know, there's just a naked chick surrounded by dead bodies. Uh, uh, you you want to call it like an orgiastic uh, flesh feast? Uh, it might be uh, an appropriate term for for what we're witnessing here. I don't, but it sounds that sounds like a gua song, so I'm kind of into it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I could hear Odorous singing about orgiastic flesh feast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd listen to that. I'm in. <laughs> 
So we have this woman um, eating a lot of dead things while uh, a news station is talking about ghouls and how they're a menace to society and how there's a new type that's emerged called a glutton that just eats. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and if you haven't figured it out, we're witnessing that right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that exact right thing. Yeah. Apropos. <laughs> Uh, approaching her, uh, as she, she like, slams a body into a fish tank, which I guess she, she wasn't a fan of that particular body. Walking up behind her is a giant dude in a suit with a hockey mask on. Yeah, totally normal. It's definitely something you'd see in everyday life. G- given that this is a horror-themed anime, Travis, do you have any guesses as to what this character is called? It, please tell me his name's Jason. It's Jason. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> and he has orders from his higher-ups to bring in this glutton eater alive. But it's okay if he takes a few fingers, or a few toes, or a few arms, or a few legs. You know, whatever. Just uh, just black knight her up real good. Uh, just bring her on in afterwards, it's fine. <laughs> He's also carrying... Um, uh, they're like pliers, I think? Yeah, yeah, definitely pliers. Um, and so we get the stock standard confrontation, uh, bad guy, good guy, or bad guy, bad guy at this point. Uh, like, br- <laughs> bravado uh, uh, chat. Yeah, out monologuing each other. <laughs> right, like, this is this is how you should be afraid, but oh no, I am overconfident. So many animes do it that I stop paying attention because it <laughs> literally has zero bearing on anything that's about to happen. <laughs> we'll talk about like ghouls and what they are a bit later in the episode, but a part of being a ghoul is being able to summon red spikes from your back and right. fight with them, which we get a brief exchange of. It's like a weird blood magic kind of thing, like a like a hemallergy kind of out of deal. I don't know. It it's definitely for everything when I think of the word ghoul, that's that's the new rule that applies here. Is <laughs> the, the random red uh, protrusions from the body that you can do. Yeah, I guess like to compare them to regular ghouls, like they don't have dog faces, but they're equally as paintable. <laughs> wow. That's a deep cut, Joe. Deep cut. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Everybody that does not uh, war game right now is going, what the fuck is he talking about? (laughs) Or, you know, if you've never read Lovecraft. Yeah, there's that too. So, we have the glutton uh, basically escaping after stealing Jason's pliers. And he's, he's very mad about this. He's like, my pliers! Right, those, those were a family heirloom. (laughs) <laughs> My dad used to torture people with those pliers, you guys. Come back. I need to remove some nails from boards later. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that's that's basically uh, in media res or, or our teaser opener there. Uh, we, we get a little bit of this is kind of what a ghoul is or the extreme end of what a ghoul is. And uh, there's apparently people that are hunting them. Yep, ghouls hunting ghouls as well. Ooh. Hmm. And from this scene of mayhem and blood and lots of bodies, we cut to 
two guys in a coffee shop talking about shitty date ideas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, neither one of them seem to have a firm grasp on what dates is or how to do them. So they're they're just bouncing theories off each other about what's going on. And um, we've got our, our shy bookish guy and then our cool guy with, with headphones on pretty much constantly. In this first episode, if you see Hide, oh, he's got some cans wrapped around his neck. It's it's the in thing. All the kids are doing it. Right. Uh, you know, I don't think... Uh, we mentioned the BK Kids Club before. And one oh, thing... No. Yeah, yeah, we're coming back to it. No, it's it's not it's not the kid in the wheelchair that's like hyper insensitive. Uh, <laughs> no, there was an, another kid that was just supposed to be really cool. I forget what his name was, but he always he was rocking some cans and the the hoodie that was just as an overcoat but not zipped up, just hanging out like uh, like Hide seems to be doing all the time uh, in this episode. And that was one of those cultural touchstones. I'm like, oh, okay, another member of the BK Kids Club. <laughs> I can't wait until eventually we get into enough episodes where we've assigned every member of this fictional BK Kids Club. <laughs> it exists, man. It's a real thing. Listeners, everybody, find images of this and tweet them at Joe all day long forever. Do it. Or, Come or on. Don't. Do it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's happening now <laughs> uh so hide we've mentioned but we've not mentioned who goes on to become our main character which is kaneki ken yeah uh kind of the quiet uh bookish uh shy kid is basically a fucking nerd yeah of course a fucking nerd <laughs> I mean, they didn't start this show in high school, which was surprising, but you gotta have at least one nerd. That's, mm. that's it. That, that's just anime rules. I mean, we get a bit of exposition later that um, Kanaki and Hide are in college, so this anime does not take place in a high school. Right? Uh, I mean, that alone sets it apart. <laughs> <laughs> we found the unicorn of anime. Right? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But, you know, I want to back up real quick and I want to comment on something that we're going to see throughout the show and it's interesting lighting during scenes and we got it actually in the opening teaser with the way the, the light was rippling through the scene because there was a fish tank in the background and the use of lighting uh, for scenes is awesome in this show. It caught my yeah. eye. Uh, I loved every minute of that. Uh, and actually, just the backgrounds in general, they pay a lot of attention and put a lot of work into it, and it shows, and it makes it really interesting to watch. Even if you're just watching a character walk through a scene, it's beautifully done. Yeah, there's there's really no shortcuts when it comes to uh, to backgrounds. Like, a lot of time, you'll see, like, they'll draw main characters or characters of import, and then, like... Here's a CGI crowd or, you know, something, or they'll do very minimalist styles. But, like, each character, even background characters, have a have a design to them, which just makes the whole thing... I, this is going to sound dumb because this is an anime show, but it makes it much more grounded and realistic that, like, they're not just walking around an entirely unpopulated... Uh, si the city of Tokyo. <laughs> right, it's not all faceless Slendermans. 
which is what you get with a lot of crowd shots in a lot of different animated things where it's it, you could tell it's a vaguely human shape moving through but that's all they need to spend the time on and yeah kind of going in tandem with the stuff about the interesting lighting um use of shadow kind of goes in with that obviously and that's always super super good yes there's like one scene in particular that i'm thinking of <laughs> we'll get there so um kaneki has a date with some woman and he's like well we like books so we're gonna go to a bookstore and then i don't know go to a fast food place and like i'm not great at dates but like that sounds fine yeah but he knows just like this is the worst but he doesn't have any better ideas because he also like doesn't date people ever right you're gonna take her to read books you nerd how did these two become friends? <laughs> I don't know. I I want to watch the the prequels, which is just Kaneki and Hide growing up and how they became friends. Because they seem so polar opposite of one another. But in the episode, they say they have been friends since they were like little kids. Yeah. So I want to know how that journey took place. <laughs> Yeah, it, so instead of instead of season three of Tokyo Ghoul, what I want is just these two grow up and have a mundane life. Right, the Hide Kaneke Chronicles. <laughs> uh, from, from what we gather, uh, Kaneki found this woman that he's taking on a date in this very coffee shop, which becomes very relevant later, not in this episode. And so he's basically like, there's a woman, is it her? And uh, we see one of the uh, waitstaff. Uh, who is later introduced as Toka. Yeah. And sweet sweet baby Toka. And immediately, uh, Hide, being the subtle jerk that he is, kind of starts to try to wingman uh, Toka <laughs> for Kaneki. Not successfully, or gracefully, or with any kind of suave. Uh, no, he's just like, hey, are you the girl? You are a girl. You, date friend. <laughs> I are good friend. You date him now. <laughs> so Toka just runs away. <laughs> yep. Which I love that she, she makes like this really, like, she runs away, like, in this scene. And then the next, like, shot we have is just, like, her standing behind, like, the counter. <laughs> as if nothing <laughs> happened. Just like, I'm good at my job. <laughs> Uh, my shift's not over. Fuck, I'm just gonna hang out behind the counter and hope they stop interacting with me. <laughs> yeah, and then to stop Hide, like, chasing her any further, the actual woman that Kaneki will be dating walks in. Yes, and one of my favorite parts is she walks by the table to go sit at one further up, and it's 100%, like, slow motion walk. Uh, you can tell this is... This is Kaneki's view of things because there, there should have been Weaver. right. There should have been something <laughs> like that playing in the background. Uh, they didn't do any uh, any of the Bishi sparkles either, and I, I'm surprised by that <laughs> because I was waiting for it to happen. There was a lot of blushing, though. Yeah, there there sure was. There sure was, and so she takes the seat, and then we kind of f uh, flash back to when he realized that they liked the same authors because they had the same book that they were reading, and that was his in to ask her out. Also, one thing, when she walks in, 
like Toka does like a glower. Yeah, yeah, we do get a, a little bit of a scowl going on on Toka's face. Um, more, more to come of that later. But um, <laughs> do you remember the name of the book? It's very Lovecrafty, and I love it. Uh, I was it okay? I, I I know all three words of it. I just can't remember the order they're coming in. Was it Black Goat Egg or Egg? The Egg of the Black Goat. There we go. I mean, that's. That's some straight up Shub, uh, Shubnigroth, uh, uh, bullshit. Uh, black yep. go to the woods with a thousand young kind of stuff. The beast of a thousand young just laying eggs hither and dither. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently they're real into Japanese Lovecraft, these two. Oh man. Is there a Japanese Lovecraft? I'm kind of curious now. I, w- I want to read Japanese Lovecraft. I mean, there's a lot of different people that were like his disciples. Someone, someone over there had to have picked up, uh, where he left off and tried to add to the mythos? As far as I know, like, Lovecraft did gain popularity in Japan, but it was much more recent. Oh, okay, so we're gonna have modern authors. Yeah, there was this kind of rash of, like, media about Lovecraft. Hmm. Alright then, uh, but none of that has to do with this anime, so we should probably steer it back towards. <laughs> so, we, ha- we have this little discussion about, like, you know, how they, how Kaneki first, like, tried to woo her. Hide pieces out, uh, saying, like, good good luck on your terrible date. You're gonna need it, you nerd. And then they go on a date. Yep. Fast forward to the date, and we get scenes of them kind of walking along through the evening, doing stuff while we're voicing over uh, the two chatting about their favorite author and just... Just the general idle chat that you're going to get on a first date where you're just kind of trying to feel each other out a little bit. Yeah, and and the thing I really like about the framing of these scenes, like, it's very mundane, but you always have, like, the constant reminder of, like, news feeds and headlines, like, always saying, like, ghoul attacks in district blah 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 it, focus it focuses on this for, like, a while, but it never kind of loses like its setting. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're always getting the sense that ghouls are an ever-present danger and concern for the populace of the city because there's reminders of it constantly, and it, they're not all in your face. They're like in the background, subtle, just as you know any any raining news story of the day as you walk around. Uh, wherever you live, chances are you're going to encounter that somewhere, somehow. And and it feels very real. They never do, like, the movie thing, which is the entire camera is taken up by someone watching this news broadcast. It feels much more natural and integrated into the uh, scene of them just, like, going around and having a date. Oh, yeah, I I totally agree. Uh, Because... Them doing the dating thing is at the forefront, like you said. It's just in the back, very subtle, but always the constant reminder, which is a really... Like, I applaud them for the use of the subtlety, because most of the time when people are doing something, they they shove it right in your face, and eh, to less effect. So they they stop off and have some food. Um, Kanaki has like a giant plate of meat in front of her, him, <laughs> and uh, this mystery woman who I we get her name. Her name is Rize. Um, and 
she has some sandwiches and it's just like, I'm on a diet. I need to go to the bathroom for a minute to go and like throw up for no reason. Yeah. And he's like, oh, she's such a lady. <laughs> so, so delicate. <laughs> uh, so we flash forward to what is now evening and they're standing on the streets. And again, this is another one of those scenes where it's beautifully lit because all the trees have light strung through them. And it's really a cool background visual. But as they're going to uh, go their separate ways, Rize goes, you know, I am very scared of the idea of walking home because I live in one of the districts where all these ghoul, ghoul attacks have been happening. And you can see where this is going. Kaneki is like, oh, well, you know, I'll walk you home. That'd be the least I could do if we're going out on a date. Yeah. I, skinny nerd boy, will protect you. <laughs> yes. They don't, they don't know. I got book knowledge. <laughs> so they go walking. And uh, if you can't tell, this is feeling a little telegraphed. I feel like it's feeling a little telegraphed. That's that's my only neg point, and I don't even care that it's telegraphed. So they're walking along, and you see two diverging paths. One is well lit. One is a dark, spooky alley. And she goes, <laughs> oh, the dark, spooky alley? Yeah, that's where I live, down that way. It gets even funnier because they're like, they they walk down this dark, spooky alley, and she's like, oh, my house is over here. And it's like this abandoned construction site. It's like, right. hmm. <laughs> this does not raise flags with me at all. <laughs> this looks like a great place to murder someone and bury the body. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should mention as they're they're getting ready to split off down into Dark Spooky Alley, uh, we have Toka and another girl walk by. And again, we get the glower uh, going on from Toka. As she sees Rize and Kaneki out on their date. So I think they tried to do something here. And I I couldn't tell you like whether it worked on me the first time. It's been a while. But I think kind of what they're trying to get across is like to keep the whole suspense thing. Toka is like jealous of Rize. Okay, is that what they were going for? I, I don't know if that's like... Because otherwise... She's just glowering at her because we'll get on to in a second, like that reason. Yeah. So I'm I'm wondering if there was ever like a thought to be like because we we saw Toka in the restaurant. Um, we saw Kaneki talk to Rize and uh, Toka looked over, and then like there's just this happenstance of her walking by and looks at her again. I don't know if that's what the intention was. Obviously, like. That's not what the reason Toka's like glaring at her is. Right, right. But I'm trying to like justify it as to keep the suspense, maybe that's what they're going for. Like a like a red herring uh in the story here, like a, a little bait to go for that it's not at all that. Because up until this point, um the story has been very much like a a young romance story. Basically, is the way it feels. I mean, you've got the the ghouls in the background and the teaser, definitely violent and bloody and all that good stuff. But as soon as you got into the body of the story, it's been all about this date and 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 romantic. And 
a lot of the shots with like Rize walking by is almost like a soft focus and you know it, it felt very lovey-dovey uh right up until we get down to murder alley <laughs> so so here's my pitch to redo this first episode okay you cut the intro out oh okay yeah and then you use like snippets of that scene as like cctv footage like sprinkled in with the news reports you know what? 100%, I like that better. I think I would have liked it better if they hadn't led with the the crazy bloody because I already felt like I knew what I was getting into. I think yeah. I would have liked it better if I would have gotten the shock and awe later in the episode rather than right up front. So yeah, you, you know what? This is a Joe, <laughs> Joe Pitch Travis approved idea. <laughs> Look, it's it's not too it's not too early to um <laughs> to reboot Tokyo Ghoul. Oh yeah? <laughs> what it, it came out in what, like twenty fourteen? Yeah. <laughs> it's three years old, it's time to redo it. There is a live action coming out, so Oh really? Writers of that live action, I'm just saying. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I get what you I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, Kaneki uh, like, stammers out, Would it be okay if I saw you again? And then Rize goes from like, I mean, we're the same age, we like the same books. Oh, by the way, I'm going to fucking eat you now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she she uh, helps herself to some uh, Kaneki shoulder. And with that amount yep. of blood, like that's a, that's a fair old chunk. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, that was not a nibble. That that she committed to that bite. Yeah, <laughs> this ain't her first rodeo. Yeah, so gasp. Rize is the same purple-haired ghoul that we saw like eating a shit ton of people earlier. Right. Who could have foreseen this tragedy? <laughs> I mean, as one might imagine, uh, Kaneki is a little off-put at this point, and also bleeding profusely from his shoulder. So, as he's sitting there in pants-shitting terror uh, with her... I don't know. What, what do you want to call those? Blood tendrils? Spikes? I don't I don't know what you want to call them, really. But whatever the weird new ghoul, ghoul power is that they, they introduced for this show. I know the name of them, uh, but I like you just coming up with names on the spot. <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, you haven't used them yet, or the, the name yet, have you? Nope. I, I haven't heard anything that caught my ear so no uh <laughs> anyways and she's going on about how um she loves ripping out the organs of humans that are too terrified to run for her uh from her mm -hmm. and uh hey how about how about you let me do that huh yeah you have just the right amount of fat on you <laughs> that comes later that comes later <laughs> oh right <laughs> But, so, yeah, uh, now we have terrified running uh, Kaneki, who immediately gets smacked down by uh, Dr. Octopus blood arms uh, <laughs> that are coming out, out of uh, Rize. And she lifts him up and, like, hey, you're you're kind of a, a bitch now, uh, basically, <laughs> would be uh, the gist of this conversation. I'm going to scramble all of your organs up. Right. You know, drink them like a spider. <laughs> oh, that's gonna be thick. 
Uh, I don't like thick drinks, guys. It's, it's not good. It's bad. <laughs> okay, another spin-off pitch. Okay. I want I want a Tokyo Ghoul cooking show. Oh man. <laughs> Ghoul Master Chef? Yeah. <laughs> Hosted by the anime version of Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Come on. I mean, the last time I really enjoyed a show, we we pitched um, we pitched a separate idea. Remember Death Parade for Dogs? <laughs> yeah the last the last time you ever enjoyed a show that we've <laughs> that we've watched. No, no, I've enjoyed stuff since then. But Tokyo Ghoul spoilers for me, I liked it so much. It goes on that same list with Death Parade. That if I actually had free time to sit and just binge anime. <laughs> this would be one that I would. <laughs> so, you know, we've got Master Chef Ghouls and and uh Death Parade for Dogs. And come on, Japan, get with it. Listen to our show <laughs> and make these things for us. It's not a real big ask or anything. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess as as it turns out, fortunately for Kaneki, like Rize likes to play with her food. Yeah, we get a whole cat and mouse kind of game. Yeah, spends the next 30 seconds, like, throwing him into walls and steel beams and being like, how how is Kaneki not dead? Right, I, I was just about to ask you, how the fuck did he survive this? Kaneki is a people, and I don't know about you, but if someone throws me into a steel girder hard enough that it's doing structural damage to the buildings around it, I'm pretty sure I'm dead. At the very least, I'm real paralyzed at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, Risa's just like, oh, I guess, I guess you're dead. Oh, well, I will eat you now. And then we see some cable snapping. Yeah, um, I guess we should say that she, she kind of also spears him through the gut. Yeah, that's a thing that happens. Yeah, she, <laughs> she totally impales him on one of the, the blood dealies. <laughs> Let's let's just recap. Kaneki survived like a giant chunk of his shoulder that led to massive blood loss, getting speared in the stomach and then thrown into steel girders. Nerd boy's fucking tough. <laughs> yep, yep. Can't knock that boy down with a pail of water. Or a building, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so Riza goes in for the final Nom, like to actually eat this boy. Yeah, she's gonna have a little nosh. It's fine. <laughs> and then she's crushed by steel girders. Yeah. <laughs> and then we go into like a weird dream sequence where Kaneki is floating through uh, a pastoral underwater scene, uh, and you can hear doctors in the background. Like you can tell, like some ER stuff's going on, and. He's all, he's narrating it, basically going, what? I'm confused. I was just on a date with Rize. Yeah, so apparently morphine's like a hell of a drug. <laughs> uh, you know, if I weren't wildly allergic to it, I could tell ya. <laughs> so, yeah, the thing I love about this scene is we have, like, Kaneki floating up, and then... As like the dual dialogue of the doctors are say the apparently like the head doctor is like just transfer all of her organs into him. 
I will accept all consequences. Yeah. Okay, there's a there's a really cool storytelling bit that I want to talk about. Can we just okay. talk about the ethics of this? <laughs> uh, yeah, because, well, first of all, that's not how transplants work. Like, you have to be mm-hmm. a compatible donor. You can't just take one human bit and slam it into another human and it, it works okay all the time. Yep. Like, that's why there's there's waiting lists. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, this guy's like, no, fuck it, it's cool. Yeah, I'll accept all responsibility because r- reasons. Like, this boy is worth my medical license, which, uh, yeah, you know, chiropractic oath and stuff, but also there are codes and ethics put in place. Yeah. I think the review board is going to have a small problem with... Uh, Dr. Mashem up, because, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not how that works, Doc. You you don't just go, yeah, fuck it, take her organs. Throw them in that dude. It's fine. So the other thing I love about this is um, Rizzo was crushed by steel girders. Isn't it very fortunate for Kaneki that the organs that he needed were intact? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking if it, it crushed her enough to kill her, which is what I'm assuming happened. He he's not just saying she's she's alive, but this guy needs to survive. Fuck it, kill her, take her organs, because that's the <laughs> other option we've got going here. But that's, generally that's speaking, even funnier, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, generally speaking, when someone is crushed by a metric fuck ton of uh, steel girders, there's not a lot of real usable bits. They're mostly paste at that point. But you know what? Ghoul rules, man. Ghoul rules. Yep. In in a modern day Tokyo, like apparently they have the ability to duct tape and staple organs back together, but not if they're your own. Yeah. Quick, unpaste that girl and transplant her organs. <laughs> Put that slurry in a centrifuge. <laughs> Science. Uh. <laughs> See what we are actually missing is that like. Kaneki, we'll get to it in a second, but like wakes up in a hospital a hospital bed. But the operation actually took place in a gothic Victorian mansion with like lightning striking it. Oh yeah, this is some Frankenstein bullshit. <laughs> but I've got to say, uh, one of the cool scenes as he's floating up in the water is Rize appearing behind him as they're talking about transplanting these organs and kind of yes. hugging on to him. And yep. I thought that was a cool little artistic bit. Yeah, it's a really cool visual, because, like, they're, they're obviously talking about, like, okay, put the organs in him, and as you assume, like, the surgery is going on, like, more and more of her is being put in him, and that's, like, when she gets deeper in this naked embrace. It's very cool. Yes, yes, it is. So, now we can wake up in the hospital. Yup. With a real- with one fu- fucked up eye. But yeah, that- <laughs> Fuck pink eye, this dude's got black eye, and- you should really see a doctor about that, like a real special doctor. Because <laughs> Visine yep. ain't cutting it, brother. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's it's very cool because like the whole shot is just that one eye. Yeah, and then it pans out to see like one eye is like that kind of black, and the other is like his regular eye. It's cool, and I like it. Yes, it is very good, and they, uh, we wake up, or he wakes up, 
And the nurse pops into the room to see how he's doing. And he immediately goes all ostrich and throws the cover over his head like, no, I don't want to talk. Can't make me. No, this food is gross and I hate it and I don't want to talk to people. I'm in a fort. No girls allowed. Yep. So, uh, random fact, after surgery, food tastes gross to him. Yeah. Um, you know what's weird is I want to say that I've read about cases where people have had surgery and it's affected their sense of taste before, but, uh, this is clearly not what's going on here. You guys know what's happening, right? I feel like we all should know what's happening here. We have the head doctor. The head doctor does come in and say, like, it's probably a psychological issue. And I don't know. I've not read medical studies, but there was that one episode of House where a guy didn't like the taste of tomato ketchup anymore. Oh, man. House was so good. I miss House. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to review the episode of House where he shoots zombies. (laughs) No, you know what, though? You know who did this surgery and transplanted those organs? <laughs> it was motherfucking house. That's the guy that's just like, fuck it, I'm a cowboy. Take those paste organs and put them in that boy. <laughs> it's the only way. It's the only medically irresponsible way. <laughs> By Hugh Laurie's hand, this was rot. Yep. <laughs> oh man, it all makes sense now. This is all occurring in the world of house. It's the same world. Sure, sure. (laughs) I love it. So good. But anyways, you guys get the idea that food now tastes like shit to him. Uh, Mm -hmm. But the doc says, you know what? Give it time. You'll be fine. Time heals all wounds, even being crushed to death by girders after being impaled and thrown through a building. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're going to go ahead and release you. I don't know. The only... uh, one thing that kind of bothered me is it seems like that was a very short amount of time, and I understand yep. about real time, but it literally feels like maybe he was there a couple of weeks after having, like, all your organs transplanted. He's a really all of bad them. doctor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, cowboy doctor that doesn't give a fuck about ethics. Uh, you may be my favorite character. no it's not true he's not but he's now that we've both started to really dissect down into hugh laurie uh uh, tour in japan uh i'm having a real good time with it so Mm -hmm. yeah so kaneki's released uh apparently hide visited him a few times and we get a little scene with hide and his brother and they talk about, well, his brother tells him that, well, that's a really shitty friend that you have because he was in hospital and didn't see you. How dare he not feel like b- visiting people after being crushed to death by girders and having a girl ghoul slurry dumped into him to make him survive. Moral of the story, uh, Hide's brother's kind of a dick. I mean, we'll never see him again in this episode, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's true, but I'm just saying... It- <laughs> There's definitely a dick in this situation. I don't think it's Kaneki. Just saying, <laughs> Hide's brother. Just saying. <laughs> Kaneki's released. He goes home, and uh, Hide's left like... Like a care package. Yeah. And uh, Kaneki goes to sleep, wake up, wakes up the next day, and is like, gee, I'm really hungry. I better put on this news broadcast and just start eating. Yeah. And the news... Uh, 
the newscast has a doctor on talking about ghouls. Uh, I'm assuming he's some kind of expert in in uh, ghouls because he talks about um, the fact that they don't much care for uh, human foods because their tongues work differently. Yeah, yeah, they talk about like the anatomy. Not really the anatomy, but they talk about differences in tongues. And Kaneki is like, mmm, a sandwich. Wait a minute, this is awful. If only there was some way to rationally explain this. Yeah. Uh, The next scene is, and we're going to have a couple of these coming up, really intense and kind of ratchets up the tension in a really weird way because... It is him, like, force-feeding himself and then running to the toilet to violently vomit everything he ate back up. And, you know, one, one maybe two times wasn't enough. Oh, no, we've got a whole <laughs> montage going. This is another cool scene where, like, the lighting really makes an impact because all of the lights are off in his, his apartment, so the only light sources we get are, like, the TV and the inside of the fridge, yeah. which is a great scene where it kind of pans back after like a lot of eating and throwing up of just like him hunched over in front of the fridge with like just discarded food everywhere. Kind of freaking out and uh, mm-hmm. sobbing a little bit. And then, do we go to the knife next? That's where we're going from here, yeah? He he tries his favorite Hamburg steak, and I love this one because it's like, he doesn't like freak out or anything, but he's just like eating this and like starts crying. And then, like, keeps trying to eat it. Uh. So, yeah, it's not quite we get to the knife, because he has to go out and stand in the middle of a busy Tokyo street yelling about how he wants food. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, And you think this is all just inner monologue? uh, Mm -hmm. As he's staring around, looking at people, because you don't really get to see his mouth moving. Uh, They don't even really show his mouth. Just the top of his head and his eyes darting around. And he's he's talking about food and looking at all these people and and it starts going from food to flesh is the the repeated uh, mm-hmm. uh, word and then like man woman child yeah and after he has his freak out here they pan back and you see that this probably wasn't an inner monologue as there is a huge swath of space around Kaneki in the middle of this street where people are like yeah let's let's just back up a couple paces from this guy (laughs) and then we get the knife scene (laughs) now we get the knife scene okay so as if he hasn't had enough confirmation being that he seems to be craving human flesh and all food is awful oh yeah and that big black jacked up eye that i'm sure he had to have noticed at one point or another um so he remembers that ghouls can't be harmed with standard weapons for the most part. Uh, knives don't work on them. Things like that. They're just extra tough. And this scene is another one of those really intense scenes because uh, he's working himself up. I mean, can you imagine trying to convince yourself that you're just going to test out a theory by stabbing yourself in the stomach? I mean, you got to be pretty jacked up. you you gotta you got to juice yourself pretty hard to... to Get that swing in there. Oh, it's fucking insane. It is. It's It's like any scene you see in Saw. Wow, that's a fun phrase there. Uh, in the movies, uh, the Saw movies, when somebody's trying to work themselves up to do something really awful to themselves. 
we just get the anime version of it this time. Lo and behold, surprise, surprise. Yeah, we get the anime version or just the non-entire eye-rolling oh, thing. Oh, no, I'm not telling sore. you that those are good movies <laughs> at all. <laughs> but yeah, he goes in to stab himself directly through yeah. the stomach and the knife bends. Yep. So at this point, I, I think we all know where this is leading. Kaneki may be a ghoul, you guys. It might be a thing now. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, two, three more knives bend like that, I'm going to start to suspect a thing. I think that the next test should be, like, dropping steel girders on himself. (laughs) Just to be sure, yeah. Just to make sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say throw him through a building, but he already did that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he already survived that. (laughs) Wait, we 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 need, like, the, um, we need the control to see if, like, did knives break on him before? Because, like, he took some pretty big hits and was, like, right alive. Maybe he's not a ghoul. He's just the only superhero, and, and we didn't realize Yeah, it. yeah. Yeah, the, <laughs> the kind of starving himself because the idea of eating flesh is so, like, abhorrent to him gets to a point where, like, he's then shuffling through Tokyo back streets, hoping to just find the dead body, I guess. Yeah, you know, he went over to the corpse district of uh, Tokyo, <laughs> hoping to mill around and find himself a corpse. And he does stumble on a corpse. He does. Um, he's he's tracking it through the, the streets. He says he smells food, and he, he's, you know, mumbling and being, like, wildly insane, as he's been doing all, <laughs> ever since the transformation. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, he does, in fact, come upon a corpse. And a ghoul! Yep, just nomming on down, and this ghoul's really nice. He's like, oh. He is really nice. Do you, like, do you want a bit? Yeah. I mean, I haven't eaten in a while, so you can't have a lot, but I'll I'll give you a hunk. And then Hide's brother shows up, and is a (laughs) dickhole. Pretty much. He kicks the dude's head off. (laughs) Yeah, straight up murders friendly ghoul like hey bitch these are my hunting grounds yep now that the glutton's dead these are mine yep and then you know the explanation when like he's threatening Kaneki gets real weird uh <laughs> as like a a you like he's got him pinned up against the wall as he's freaking out which by the way he was already freaking out that the thing that smelled so good to him was a corpse uh, and then he just saw another dude get straight up decapitated, and now he's pinned up against the wall by an angry ghoul, who's using the, you know, well, you say that you weren't really trying to encroach on my hunting grounds or whatever, but, well, what if you stumbled by your girlfriend, and she was on the ground, and there was a guy with no pants on, and I'm like, this is getting, this is getting really complex you could have said something much more eloquent than this this is a really weird i i don't know is he gonna fuck the corpse like (laughs) right i mean whatever you want to do with your food is fine but (laughs) i'm not sure that i want to be privy to what you do with your food (laughs) i think extra if it's an actual corpse (laughs) right yeah double down on what i just said if if what you eat is is dead people uh, so, 
that said, we we get ready to to murder us up some Kaneki when who should appear but <gasps> Toka! Yay, Toka. I love season one Toka. She gives zero shits and she's amazing. <laughs> yep, and she straight up calls this guy out like, this isn't your hunting ground. You know, um, you're just a weaker ghoul. Oh, I'm trying to remember. I don't think she says it, but do you remember if she says, like, some weird name? People under the protection of us, like, can hunt here? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it sounds like otaku, but it wasn't otaku. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I think it's... Uh, it's something. It's the name of the... Oh, I don't want to say that. But yeah, it's it's a name. It's definitely a name, and it starts with an O, and that's what I can tell you. It seems like it's some kind of organization. Yeah, it's it's a name that is in the ep- episode itself, not probably where yeah. you'd expect. Okay, and um, the other ghoul calls that organization Fence Sitters. Yes. That's why I, I paid attention to it, because he even remarked that these people are Fence Sitters. So I was like, okay, so there's there's some kind of ghoul organization that's trying to strike a balance between humans and ghouls where they can kind of go about their business and not, you know, yeah, murder a bunch of people or get hunted. I, because I know you want to watch the rest of the series, I fucking love this organization. It's very good and makes so much sense in this world. Oh, okay, cool. I'm looking forward to figuring that out. But we don't have enough time for that because, like, Toka's gonna fight... Hide's brother, who I can't remember the name of, so he's just Hide's brother. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Kanishi? Steve. That, Steve. Sure. We'll go with Steve, but I'm pretty sure it was Kanishi. Okay, cool. I, I didn't, I didn't have a chance to rewatch the episode, so I'm going off my memory from oh, yesterday. Okay. <laughs> oh, well then it was Steve. It was definitely Steve. Okay, cool. <laughs> so yeah, they... <laughs> they have another little fight with their Doc, Doc Ock blood arms. Yeah. Sweet, sweet Doc Ock blood arms. And uh, because Toka's such a badass, she wins. Because Toka is the best. Yeah, we, we should say this is this is some stock standard two ninjas run at each other, only one survives kind of uh, fight. Like, it, it, it's only one interaction where they make a quick pass with each other. It's Yeah, it's actually kind of cool where it's just like, Steve is just like, oh, you probably should have cut me deeper as like a slight Yeah, like, and Toka's like, wait for it. <laughs> yeah, wait for it. Wait for it. And then his knees explode into cuts and he's like, ah, my one weakness. <laughs> and he runs off. Yep. And now we have one of my favorite scenes. This is the coolest. In, right, in the show. And it is him finally accepting what he is, but, you know, raging against it. Mm-hmm. Like, he can't, he, he's like, no, I'm a human. You don't understand. I'm a human. And I want to eat that so much, but I can't because if I do, I won't be human anymore. And it's such a good scene. Now I'm trying to map it out. I think it's the left eye. Um, so he, like, Toka offers him, like, a whole arm and says, this should keep you good for a bit. And his left arm reaches out, and then he pulls it back with his right hand on the side with his human eye. That's another le- yeah. neat little detail that I fucking love. It is real good. Uh, in fact, now that you said that, I realized it, but I hadn't realized it the first time I yeah, watched yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. 
And that is so good. <laughs> that that is well done. So eventually, like Kanaki refuses and says, "Like I, I'm not going to eat it. Like I can't. I'd rather starve." And then Toka's just like, "Fine, I'll feed it to you. If you won't do it. I will." <laughs> <laughs> and punches him in the mouth, carrying a human arm, and just like rams it down its throat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And his journey to the dark side is complete. Yep. And during this scene, you won't have seen or heard it, but during this scene, there's like the opening to the opening song, the first few like bars of this very high pitched singing. <laughs> yeah. And then we go to the end of credits. Yay! Which that was so good. Which are fine. They're just like still images of some characters over yeah. music and and. I gotta say, I didn't care for the weird little recap uh, that's drawn in the cutesy style. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why they did that. I mean, this show is so beautifully done, a lot of it, that, I don't know, the, the cutesy recap feels like it cheapens the rest of the show. It's fine. You'd, you like you can skip it now because you know they exist, so you're just like... Oh, yeah. And that was a Tokyo Ghoul. <laughs> that was a Tokyo Ghoul. We have Tokyo Ghouled for you people. And I'm real glad we did, because that was that was real good. Like that a bunch. Oh, it's a really fun show. It is, and yeah, I think, I think I'm going to start watching me up some more Tokyo Ghouls uh, when, when I have the, the free moments to do there so. Just, just so you only have to watch as little as possible, don't bother watching season two. <laughs> that's, that's what you said. You, you told me that. But I don't know. I'm one of those stubborn completionist people that I might just have to power through if it gets that much less good. Just I know. Don't ruin Toka for yourself. Okay. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, uh, I loved it. Uh, Joe, you also sound like you're a big fan, at least of season one. Uh, I I am a big fan of season one. Yeah, so solid recommend from both of us. If you've not watched Tokyo Ghoul, Go do that. It's it's real good, you guys. Uh, so, uh, with all that said, is it time to do the thing? Next time on WTF Anime. So, here's where things get weird. Aw, oh, yeah. We have an episode recorded that has not been released because of scheduling, uh-huh. like it's, it's coming out late. So, I... Yeah. Don't remember what I said the next time on that one was, so I'm gonna do our next two. I'll do our next two episodes just to clear, like to cover all bases, D- to wipe wipe the slate clean. So, episode thirty is the shit show known as myself and Travis, Alan and Jake, talking about episode six of Kaon. Which we were supposed to oh, do man. for Travis's birthday, but again, like scheduling oh, issues yeah. and me having to actually edit that, um, it's going to come out after all this. That had to have been a fun editing journey that you went on, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but I can tell you this: we all had a lot of fun talking about some some uh, girl bands and cake and tea drinking bullshit, and then. Episode 31, because again, I don't think I said what it was, because I think we were still planning to talk about Halloween after the K-On! episode. Maybe I just won't put this in. Episode 31 will be us and another guest, a new guest. 
uh, Matt Hoadley of Fifth Draw, Hard Reboot, and Forging Worlds. And we're not going to be looking at an anime per se. We're going to be watching Dragon Ball Z Abridged, uh, the Brody movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Recorded about three months ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been a minute that we've had this in the can, but it was so much fun to do. Mm-hmm. And I still thank you, Matt, for introducing me to <laughs> the wonderful world of abridgment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So hopefully that's our bases covered. Yeah, yeah, should be for a minute. So, uh, that said, it would be time for business. If you would like to follow the show, we are on Twitter at WTF Anime Show. And if you want to email us, we are WTF Anime Show at gmail.com. Use both those places to send us some recommendations. And, uh, yeah, we've got some good ones in the pipeline. And we also have uh, a few guests in the pipeline. So if you would like to uh, apply to be a guest, it's very simple. You just say, I want you to do this anime and I want to be on the episode and tell us the episode and we'll take pretty much anyone. Um, even if you actually don't watch anime, as uh, Matt and Jake have proven. <laughs> but you know what? They're some of my favorite guests. <laughs> And I can, of course, always be reached on Twitter at the Joe Hatfield Travis. All right. Uh, you can find me on the Twitters at Dice Lobber, D I C E L O B B E R. And again, if you're going to tweet at the show and you want me to respond also, you got to add me in there with the WTF anime show uh, tag because I don't run that handle. Uh, that said, um, if you like what we do, uh, spread the gospel. Uh, give us a review. Tell your friends. Uh, kidnap some people. Make them listen to it. Mm, you know, go that far. Just get it. No, we're not deserving Do of it. that. <laughs> I kn- well, maybe someone likes us that much. Mm, please, please don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't commit crimes for us. <laughs> there we go. That's that's our new tagline. Don't commit crimes for us. <laughs> And, uh, you know, if you're tweeting about the show and you want to know what kind of hashtag you should put in, if you're live tweeting, put up hashtag WTF anime show or hashtag WTF anime. I check both because some people do either. Yeah, although it's harder to sort through the WTF anime because uh, a lot of people have hashtagged that. and You've got your weird anime bots that just tweet stuff with that. Ah, uh, but that said, I think that's gonna gonna wrap us, yeah. Yeah, that that, that was it. Yay! And uh, our our spooptober month has come to a close. Ooh, as long as I can get this episode out tomorrow. Bye. Uh, you know what we should talk about, though, is a non-JoJo's anime and start some show. That could be a thing that we could do. I don't think that exists. No, no, it's happened before. No, but every- everything's a JoJo's reference. There are a large amount of JoJo's references that we do on this show. And the thing is, I've only ever seen five episodes, and it should have been four. Yep.
<laughs> well, no. If you look, if you look hard enough, every, every anime uh, made post JoJo's is a JoJo's reference. Like One Piece is just shitty pirate JoJo's. 